heroes. Highlights and hardships with Triple M's Rush Hour. Welcome to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. It's the Hero Hardship Highlight, the three H's podcast, and the spotlight goes to our very own Jude Bolton this afternoon. Jude, how are you, brother? I'm not sure if I'm comfortable uh, <laughs> turning it back on me. I prefer sitting there and having some of those incredible guests that we've had yeah. to have a chat to and just delve into some of their background. But uh, no, it's good to be a part of it, lads. Exactly. For day, today it is you, Hero, big fella. Who's your hero on or off the field? You can have a couple if you like. Yeah, yeah I think probably growing up, the reason I sort of got into football were probably my dad and my brothers. So, like, my family were, were big influences initially. But my absolute idol who I just loved was um, a player by the name of Robert Harvey and for people oh, yeah. in New South Wales. Mate, St Kilda? Not, yeah, St yes. Kilda champion. He, he went uh, back-to-back Brownlow medals. Never won a flag? Never won a flag, but I just loved his work rate. Yeah. Uh, like, he was just a, a really unassuming guy in the midfield who would just get it done. And – uh, just to see him play, and I was I was a St Kilda fan. I wore number thirty five, his his jumper number as a kid from a local club, and I, I just loved watching the way he went about it. It was really that humble sort of bloke who you, you could just rely on week in week out. He'd go and do all the tough stuff, you know, in and under, and then he just had this class. He could sort of waltz around, you know, when the best players with they just. They lull people into a false sense of security. Of he's got the ball. He's just a, a, an architect. And you see it both in the NRL and the AFL where they're just sort of moving through congestion, but they are creating everything. And I just wanted to be sort of like that and, you know, just to, to think about um, being a player like that would be something that I've just – Did you I ever lost. get a chance to meet him? Did you ever get a chance to tell him that he was your hero? So I got to play – Against him, yeah. So I, I was lucky enough to sort of have that crossover. And, um, you know, initially St Kilda were the first team to come and look at me as about a 15-year-old wow. kid. I remember someone saying that, you know, oh, the scouts are in there. And, and I was lucky enough to have a link with a guy, John King, who was really close with Beveridge, who was the recruiter for, for St Kilda. And he they took us down to training and uh, and I'd go and sort of go this into the This is your rooms. dream to play with the club And I was you... like thinking, I'm a chance of being drafted to, to the Saints. But um, – it sort of came towards the draft time and, and um, Sydney had a couple of picks inside the top 10 and, you know, I was lucky enough to come to the Swans and and become a Swan from there. And it, it just was, as soon as I got to the club, I just loved being it. But to play against my idol and, and actually see how hard he worked, like he had this uh, attitude of just running so hard and then you get to a, a stoppage or a pack and he'd like, he'd keel over. He looked like he was almost done for, like, and then he'd just go again on these long searching runs, just hard. And I just love that sort of attitude. But uh, I did catch, him, uh, catch up with him at one sort of grand final function. I think I'd had a couple of couple of beers and I've gone up and just shocked sort of shock me. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> mate, I, I idolized you as a youngster. So yeah. I just wanted to let him know. What did he say? Oh, I think he was just, yeah, he's pleased. He's an assistant coach at St Kilda and uh, he's a, he sits under um, Rossi Lyon, who was my midfield coach. And, no, he, he's just a phenomenal uh, person and really understated uh, hero. So, but even you going to the Swans, like when you walked in there, was there any blokes that you looked up to that that, that, that have played at that club and that, you know, when you're there as a young bloke, you, you've got to make your own mark and you don't know if you got it or not. There's that fear of failure? Yeah, so Paul Kelly was someone I just oh, yeah. absolutely loved and there's a statue outside the SCG of Paul Kelly yes. and I can remember walking into the first sort of training session and I'm this skinny little rake of a kid and uh, – Kel was at the bottom of the SCG down in, the, in a, an old training area 
doing uppercuts and he was doing boxing with his, his rig out yeah. and his biceps were like twice as big as my thigh. And I was just like, I was like, how far have I got to go? And, <laughs> um, but you know, then you get to meet them and like Kel would have me over for dinner and you know, the guys I live with and you just realize they're just ripping fellas. He was a Wagga kid and yeah, yeah I, I just, yeah, really feel blessed that I came through in an era where we got to have some success and, um, you know, and step back into to the Swans now and then and, and obviously still commentate and go to the games. But, uh, you know, see how much the club's grown in, in, in New South Wales and, and across the league. Was there some disappointment that, that St Kilda, the Saints, didn't come in for you? No, I think uh, I think it sort of became evident. And maybe I wasn't like a wholehearted, devoted follower of them because I wanted to play. I, I think I always think, um, you know, I wanted to play at the highest level and there was always a chance that I could go to a different club. I, I followed them uh, throughout, but, you know, I was, you know, determined to be a, a league footballer. And I think um, I just set my sights on a, as, as a youngster and, and always wanted to be that. So, you know, and the trials and tribulations to get there, like I, I missed out on all these little representative sides. I remember being, you know, um, selected as a, as an emergency for, you know, the state sides and stuff like that. And this was always the pathway. And I'd get clipped along the way and said, oh, no, you're a bit too slow, a bit too, you know, not quite skillful enough, got to go work on this. And, you know, I'd go again and, and miss out again. And it just drove me until the actual draft year where I went past all those kids and ended up being All-Australian and, yeah. and got drafted uh, number eight to the Swans. So the draft, so pretty lucky. You never played for another club no. after that. So that's obviously hero. There's a few tied up in that. And I know you could still got a lot of mates from the Swannies that oh, yeah. you, you know you when you won premierships and so forth and you never miss an opportunity you both get together and have <laughs> oh, a, I love a, ketchup, a little hey. something something. That's what it's about. Then. Let's uh let's talk about a hardship big fella was um obviously coming up through like you've just mentioned missing all those junior teams that would that would knock a, enough blokes off course. Yeah, I think I think I look back and that's probably where I built my resilience though. Like I, I, I ran into someone who was the um the general manager who came up with the news and said, Oh, by the way, you emergency, you've missed out on the state squad again. And I must and I never remember the conversation, but he said he told me and said, Oh mate, you'll make my read my words. Basically I came up to him and said, you'll 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 regret this. You know, something like that. I must yeah, have been you made bit, the wrong choice. <laughs> yeah. I must have said something off the cuff. But uh I think that just made me more determined. And I was never that skillful, Dell, or anything like that, but I, I had that sort of mindset to say, I'm not going to get beaten in a contest, you know, without going down with a fight and actually – so that sort of steeled me and uh, it held me in good stead for my footy career. But in terms of hardships, I, I'd probably look back at just in my family, one of my other idols is my grandfather and um, he was the one who used to just sort of ring up and he'd go – he was just a knockabout – country fella, hard as nails, but um, he would come in and have a laundry list of things that I had to do in a game and he'd watch the game and he'd go, boy, I know you're not playing for sheep stations. It's a damn sight more important than that. And he'd, he'd go, I know what you're doing wrong. And he was just a, a real father figure to me, but also just like um, just back me in constantly. And then to see his wife and my grandmother just pass away with Alzheimer's and the mm. deterioration, Terrible. I think um, – that was probably the biggest hardship is seeing her deteriorate, but then, you know, seeing him by her side, her bedside throughout, and she was non-verbal for the last oh, period, and she sat up and gave him a kiss goodbye, you know, in, on her deathbed. And then the thing was with all the uh, the border closures during COVID, 
I was unable to go down and say goodbye when he was sick and on his deathbed. And I think that's probably, I look back and my daughters actually say that they always go, oh, when's the last time dad cried? Oh, probably when old mm. pa passed away. And I think not being able to give him a last hug and, yeah. um, you know, send him off. I, I certainly, you know, had a chat with him and he, and he knew how I felt, but I, I just missed that moment to say goodbye. And yeah, he was just such a big part of my life. Yeah, also the Swans were a big part of your life and, you know, we, we speak about that and I know you're great with your family and you talk about your brothers and your mum and dad. But even like, you're such a good club man. When players sort of got, you know, got cut and that, you would have been that bloke like to give them a call and it's a hard one for you too because, mate, you're always the life of the party, your energy, mate, but you, you work hard. Yeah, um, yeah. How, how was that for you? Oh, I think um, just all, I think that's what team sport's about. Like the highs and lows, you go on the, the journey with each other and, and yeah, I, I think I, someone came up after I finished and said, um, did you know you played with 116 guys in first grade during my career, over wow. 325 games, wow. 116 yeah. different players? And then you could actually two or, three, two or three times that with guys who were on the list who didn't play first grade. So there's a big churn of football players through a, through a, a league, but um, you become this close bond. And, I, you know, having – Played with the Swans for so long, it just um, and having the success we did, we draw on that, and mm. yeah, got great relationships with the guys, and look forward to those, you know, reunions and things like that, and yeah, it's always exciting times. Highlights, um, three grand finals. You won a couple, so oh. I suppose you can say the, the the really small loss to West Coast would be a, <laughs> oh, a you know a real downer, but yeah. the other two, mate, like fantastic flags twice in you know two thousand and five and twenty twelve. They're huge. I mean. That's what you play footy for, to be able to, like, I never sort of looked after any of the, or chased after individual honours. I was all around the team aspect and to deliver in 2005 like we did in, and win a, a, a grand final after 72 years and a, the longest drought in uh, Australian sport at that particular time, um, it just brought everyone together. And there was just the amount of people who came out of the woodwork mm. and said, oh, my grandfather was a blood supporter and never got to see you guys win and this and that sort of stuff. And oh, I was just really proud that we could do that. And then to have a whole regeneration of a list and change of coach and do it again in 2012 was something I'm really proud of. I was an older player there. I knew the journey we'd been on. Um, and there was four of us who were able to deliver again with a new bunch of guys. Some of those were like Nick Melcheski and Jared McVeigh were in 2006. So they thought they were going to get the premiership early on in their career yep. and missed out. And seven years later, we, or six years later, we get that in 2012. And But um, for, so they are the two big highlights as well as uh, in 2012, I got to take my daughter through the banner in my 300th game. Oh, so wow. here at uh, at Homebush um, Stadium Australia, in front of our home crowd against Collingwood, we'd lost, I think, nine or ten games straight. So they expected to be playing in a grand final because they'd beaten us consistently over the time. We end up beating them in the prelim by, you know, a bit and then go into the grand final, win the grand final. So but take, carried my daughter through and I've got that photo up on the on the bench at home. So, yeah. And also with the AFL, you don't get a chance much to play for your country, but then you got to go over there and play in Ireland. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's that cross-code game called? Uh, the International Rules. Yeah. They, they haven't done it for a little bit, but i tell you what. It, was it, that good? Oh, it was great fun. And actually uh, it gums up the footage from those yeah. those, those games and, you, I took was, out, you took out a dog. Well, that's it. Like, Ty Keneally ta- tagged me in a 
bit of footage, and uh, I'm sure the boys in the yeah. socials will uh, will post the Curtis is cheering basic, already. Basically, yeah. I tripped over a Jack Russell that came oh. onto the pitch yeah. at Croke Park in front of sixty yes. or seventy thousand, <laughs> and. Um, the Jack Russell was on there for a total of six or seven minutes. And the what? crowd is going every time the, the Jack Russell was just chasing the ball. Yeah. And sure enough, it ends I've up being that. I'm it. going towards the, the sideline and I'm about to pick up the ball. There's a Jack Russell in front of me. It trips me up. I go over the sideline and Ty Keneally's chasing me uh, <laughs> as well. And it was on the front of the Irish Times. I got the photo of oh, the, it's the, so And it's just like. It was, uh, yeah. but it was just a, a great trip, and and get to interact like like the kangaroos too, and of things. Course, yeah. You get to see those players you play against, and some of your your peers, yeah. and how they prepare, and then get a chance to have a drink with them. It's, mm. just, it's so was, much fun. Who was on your coaching staff? Uh, so there was Gary Lyon oh. was the coaching staff. You had uh, James Hurd was yeah. there oh. in terms of ca- uh, um, players and things like that. And, it was Dipper there. Uh, Dipper got ta- Dipper's the. Uh, traveling party and, oh, and you're playing, motivational man. You're, you're oh, playing cards. Oh. You're playing Manila, which yeah. is a type of poker in the in this huge car, Irish castle. It was just fun. Like so I loved loved the whole touring side of things, and I guess we don't get to do it as enough um, yeah, in our game. Right. But uh, yeah, awesome. really lucky enough to have a long long career and and have some success with the Swannies and. And, you know, still be involved in footy now. Exactly. Still there, Channel 7, yeah. doing Triple M. Obviously Killing on this show with us for yeah. the last four years, which is awesome, mate. So, yeah, I mean, your career has been absolutely awesome, mate. And thanks for spending a little bit of time with us before we crack on and start playing fools again. Cheers, lads. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell.